Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing three team members from Soft Night Week LLC about one of the most highly anticipated indie games of 2022, Spirit Swap Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2, currently on Kickstarter. Cast Bells, Be Queer, and Crash the Biggest Concert of the Year. Spirit Swap is an action puzzle game set in a lush, narrative-driven world of witchy demons. Tamara is a young witch working the spirit-swapping night shift in the eastern outskirts of Damascus. A recent spike in spirits crossing over from another dimension breaks the chill atmosphere of their night shift. With her trusty familiars by her side, she sets off into the city to find out what's happened, with the popular band Five Sun scheduled to kick off their big comeback tour in Damascus. Samara needs to work quickly before the city is overrun with stands and spirits alike. Not to mention, they've got a pizza party to plan. Now, let's welcome Alex, Jenny, and Morgan. I'm I'm Kayla, or I go by Chaos Garner for the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Um, I would like to welcome everyone in. Um, Alex, I believe you are the creative director. Is that correct for Soft Night Week? Um, Yep. Jenny, you're one of the producers, and Morgan, I apologize. I didn't realize um, you would be a part of the um, the interview. I'm, I'm sorry, what is your role in um, with the video game? I'm the uh, lead programmer at Soft Night Week. Sweet. Okay. So uh, I again, didn't realize all, I, was I appreciate you all for agreeing with this interview. Um, we can just go ahead and get started. Um, Alex, I get well. I just mentioned that you were the creative director, but like, who are you, and like, what are you about? Can you just give us a little bit of, but me a little bit of your background? Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Alex, and I'm uh, um, a Lebanese and Arab immigrant in the U.S. Uh, my background is in uh, art, and I've been doing uh, game design and game development for like 11, 12 years now. And uh, a couple years ago, we founded Spirit Swap, well, Soft Not Week with me and my friends, and uh, it's a game dev co-op, and we've been making games ever since, and right now I'm the creative director on our uh, latest project, which is uh, Spirit Swap. Okay, cool. Um, Jenny, uh, I guess you would be next. Yeah, uh, so I'm Jenny, um, I'm biracial, so Korean, and then just like white, and uh, I, my background in the games industry started with creating like videos and social media content, and I was originally a social media manager for a few companies, um, progressed to community management and community development uh, at Rose City Games, and now I'm currently lead producer at uh, Soft Not Week with Spirit Swap, and also an advisor at Kowloon Knights, which is an indie game fund, and so with that group, I scout for indie games um, and help sort of um, look at pitches and decide whether or not the the fund would like to help fund these games. Uh, Morgan? Yeah, so I'm the uh, lead programmer at Sofna Week and on Spirit Swap. I worked mostly as like a back-end engineer, like Expedia, other companies. Um, and yeah, I'm programming most of the game logic and implementing a lot of our assets. Okay, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you all, it doesn't have to go in order. Um, you can all just jump in whenever you feel like you can add in some input. It doesn't really matter. Um, so what is Spirit Swap? Can you just give us, I mean, you can be a brief description, you can be a long description, it doesn't matter to me. Like what, what is um, Spirit Swap, the video game? Do you want to take that, Alex, or do you want me to? I was going to say, go ahead, Jenny. 
Uh, so I guess just sort of the, the basic description of Spirit Swap is it's a fusion between a narrative game and, and a match three game. Um, it was inspired by, uh, uh, it's a love letter essentially to Panel the Pawn, um, but we want to push the gameplay a little bit further with what we do with some of the mechanics. Um, we have a spell concept that we're bringing in uh, to unlock a little bit more sort of complex, maybe combinations and gameplay options. Um, we also are hoping to do more with the narrative where uh, if folks are familiar with um, visual novels or even the narrative that Hades brings, um, people will be able to explore the world and, and get to know the characters, build relationship one, with them, and um, really hopefully get more involved in the world itself, not just in the gameplay. Sweet. So um, can you elaborate just a little bit more? It doesn't have to be you, Jenny, or whomever wants to, the creative process from like an idea in your head or a thought to now um, promoting it on Kickstarter. <laughs> go ahead jenny me I, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> well um i mean i think alex maybe as i feel like is the one who kind of started with the idea in terms of um what was i think it was the sailor uh what was the sailor match three game um that Alex was playing and it got canceled or it was removed and was unable to be played. And so um, Alex, along with uh, Chris and Morgan, um, who were the, the original founders of Softknot Week, they were uh, brainstorming and decided essentially to create this game. Um, in addition to wanting to create this homage to Panel de Pan, um, one thing that's been really important to us in the creative process is putting, uh, kind of indulging ourselves and putting a lot of ourselves and our team and the people that we work with in the game and also the lived experiences and lives that we have also within the game and celebrating them. Um, that's been some uh, kind of this guiding through line that we've had in the creative processes, this idea of queer and diverse joy. Um, and that's a line that we've found that we've come back to a lot of the times when we're debating what we're doing as the team um, is does it refer back to this element of joy that we don't often see represented for folks like us in the gaming industry or in media in general. Um, and so through that, the creative process, that's been really important to us. Um, and yeah, we, we just wanted to make something we enjoy <laughs> that we would want to play as well. And so um, because this is the team's first game, we also wanted to keep it, we actually wanted to keep it much smaller than it actually is right now, um, which is where that Kickstarter came in. Um, we with the team growing, with our ambitions growing, we realized, you know, our very small match three project has grown into something quite larger, which is why the Kickstarter um, has been really important to us. I don't know if any of you wanted to add to that or anything. I feel it's a little funny that, uh, I don't know if this needs to be in the interview or not, it's a little funny that like the three out of five non-Black um, uh, members of Week are here and the other two who happen to be black or not, I feel like they would have had a lot to say. <laughs> In retrospect, I feel like hindsight 2020 and I'm like, I wish Rajan or Chris were here too. <laughs> and yeah, because I forgot to say that at the beginning, I am white. I am the only white member of the core team, I believe. Um, For now. <laughs> 
Well, how was the journey in finding other collaborators for this project? Like, did you all, do you all have like a pre-existing relationship with one another or most of, most of you may have one already or did you have to like scour the internet and was it just like, for some people that I've been talking to, it's been like a nightmare looking for collaborators and with like with cost and if they're a perfect match. So how was the journey with you all on this project? Uh, we're all friends, honestly. The Soft Not Week 3, which is me, like the founders, which is me, Morgan and Chris, uh, have been friends for like a while. Uh, Chris and I specifically met when we were um, both living and working in Japan. And then just so happened that we met again, we were in Washington here. And then Morgan is someone we met online who then like moved here. So like we became friends and they're roommates. And then in 2019, end of 2019, uh, cause I had lost my job at the beginning of 2019. And I was like around May was, uh, I think it's the anniversary was three days ago of like when I decided to be like, fuck it, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna shoot my shot and be like a full-time content creator slash artist and then see what happens. And uh, October of 2019, we were like, fuck it, let's start a game cooperative because we got an animator, an artist slash game designer and a programmer, let's do it. And then as uh, the team, like, as like we started working on Spirit Swap, we brought on um, Rajan to do UI UX and Rajan, they're like, they're honestly like, they can do so much, but like UI UX wise are like a God. And we were like, hey, you freaking rule. Cause I was friends with Rajan for a while. Uh, do you want to join this team? And they're like, yeah. And fast forward, Jenny, like I DM Jenny because I know her, uh, her through a friend. And I was like, hey, Jenny. Um, well, actually, Jenny, you DM me and you were like, hey, can I do anything to help with the project? This looks really cool. And I was like, yeah, what do you want to do? And now Jenny's the lead producer. It's got, it sounds bad, but we kind of like, we all kind of have like different strengths and, um, we have been working really well together like every time I was like okay do we want to add another person there's been like a discussion and there's the fact that since we work as a cooperative every time we add a new person um the ownership of the studio basically redivides between um the people uh like all the people that are in now so we went from three uh, each owning like 33.3 of the company to now each of us owning 20 percent of the company and being co-owners together and you know the further we go the more people people we add it should stay like the same like we keep like you know making sure everyone owns um, an equal amount and uh yeah it, it's really hard to find collaborators and people you can trust and like really make something as big as a video game with because you know they take so much time and so much effort and so much money so asking someone to like take a leap of faith with you basically and try like just kind of like you know work on top of like whatever else they have to do to make money and just make this game is like a big ask and I feel like we're really lucky um I feel really lucky that um the four of them decided that this was worth it and I think I feel like the Kickstarter has kind of proved that we kind of maybe have something here you know I wanted to add a little bit to that I think one thing um that I've appreciated is all of us um have come to working on Soft Not Week from having experiences in other realms of the industry um, or other areas of like our part our area of expertise. And so it's not necessarily like we, while we're fresh to working together, um, 
we all also like know what we do in our respective fields. And so it's really nice to be able to a trust that like everyone knows what they're doing. Um, and everyone really is able to like ask one another for help um, and is really humble about doing so. But also it's nice because we've we've all like had these work experiences that we can draw from and say like, hey, the game industry does some really bad things sometimes. Uh, and the way it treats its workers, it's not great. This is what we really want to create. That is a reaction against that, but also wants to like grow in spite of, and also aside from that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I think another nice thing is that like, none of us working on the project just jumped in as like a co-owner or something like that. Like everyone worked on the project as like a contractor or we were just working informally on it before Sophno Week formed and things. And so by the time we took that leap of faith, we at least knew that we could work with the people around us and we trusted each other. And we knew that like we all did really great work and things and we were nice. And so there was at least community in that leap of faith. Yeah, that, that's great. You all have are comfortable with one another and you found one another because like I've said, I've heard nightmares from other people trying to find other collaborators, whether it be cover artists or um, writers or whoever it may be. It's just like a lot of cost has gone into it and then maybe they didn't even like it, but they still had to pay the person the money that, you know, that they're worth, you still have to pay them um, and then having to start all over again. So it's really nice if you all found this community of one another. Um, how important was it to have openly queer and mostly people of color portrayed in this game? Um, Jenny, I know you've mentioned it already about having um, diversified joy portrayed in this narrative. Could you just, maybe you or whoever wants to jump in, Alex or Morgan to jump in and uh, maybe elaborate more on that? Yeah, I can start, but definitely um, Alex and Marie will have a lot to say. Um, I think the biggest thing is this, like we didn't set out to be like, let's create a game with diversity and representation. Like that was not <laughs> the goal, um, but this is a reflection of our team. Um, one thing that was done early on in the creative process is everyone created uh, like OCs of themselves and these are the characters in the game. So when we're saying like, we are creating this game based on like, our experiences it's like heart and soul of the team is in this game <laughs> like and not just in the characters but in the environments um and Alex can really speak to that and so like this this level of like inclusivity isn't it, it's just a just direct reflection of who we are yeah and it's also I wanted also to be like a reflection of our contractors like the reason why so many of your characters are like so melanated and when like the three of us aren't uh, is because our concept artist Morgan, um, not this Morgan, another Morgan, is Black, and that's how she designs characters, and I did really want her to bring that flavor, like, not flavor, but, like, you know, bring herself to these characters, too, beyond, like, the concepts that we started with, so when she started making them basically more brown or, like, um, you know, like, Black, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this, like, I didn't see a reason to be like, no, pull it back, or I don't know, put some white people in there. Like, I was just like, yeah, do your thing. And at the end of the day, it's gonna reflect like the team. And that's why there's a lot of Arabs, there's a lot of queers, there's a lot of black people, because like, that's just like, 
the team that we've assembled, con like contractors included, we have like, I want to say like 10, 12 contractors. There's a li list on the, uh, on the Kickstarter. Um, we work with like influencers, like uh, for like uh, makeup stuff. Like it, it, it goes that deep. Um, the world is based on like uh, where I come from, like the, the Middle East slash Levant. Um, so that, so that culture, um, it's really, it's like, it's not like we set out to be like, yeah, like Jenny said, it's not like we're like, we want this bitch to be so diverse. We want people like, mm, we want, like, we were not trying to do that. Uh, it's just kind of happened because we were like, what does our friend group look like? What do we look like? Um, who are the people making these characters? And if we don't inhibit them, if we don't do the thing that the game industry does, which is designed by committee, which like you have to check every box and whatever, what do these characters look like? And this is what they ended up looking like. And this is what the world ended up looking like, which is pretty nice. Like everyone in the game, just about, I think, is non-binary in some form or fashion. That's because every team member on the team almost is non-binary in some form or fashion. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, what insight could you give to up and coming artists? Um, you wish someone told you when you first got started. It could be on this project. It could be on any other project, maybe. But what insight could you provide to others who want to get into the gaming industry? I would say your peers are um, your are not your competition. That would be like my big, big thing because a lot of us are like pitted against each other, but especially when you come from like any type of marginalized background, you have to understand that even though we're not all best friends, uh, we don't need to be competing with each other um, and uplifting each other is so much more important than that. So yeah, for me, it would be like, stop trying to complete, compete with other people, just, you know, do your thing. Uh, another thing I would probably tell myself uh, or like tell others who are starting is, um, if you're on Twitter, really get in those like hashtags, like um, drawing while black, um, visible women, visible non-binary day, like all of these hashtags, just go through them when you're, when it's time to hire, when it's time to like find a collaborator, um, see what the people are like. Cause like, even if you have only an art Twitter, um, it's hard to really hide who you are for a long time. So if you wanna make sure if you're gonna get along with the person, if you're gonna be able to work together, just do your research before reaching out to someone with work and uh, make sure you at least have like values aligned because uh, you don't want to end up working with some secret Nazis. Um, those are all really good points. I think my biggest one was, um, yeah, it's like the, the phrase like community, not competition, I think is one that, that we really value. Um, and I, I think a lot of people new to the industry that it's like not inherently something to, that they feel because it's a very competitive industry. And like Alex said, um, especially folks in marginalized communities, we get pitted against each other. And that's not the case. There is space for all of us to grow um, and to work together. Um, the other thing, and I'm trying to think of how to put this concisely, but um, know, know your worth, I suppose, when you go into a job situation. Um, and it doesn't mean always like you're worth a, a ton of money. Maybe you're just starting and like you have a certain base rate that's not as high as like $60 an hour, but understanding like what you bring to the table realistically is really important and not taking less than 
like living wages. <laughs> um, I think more than anything, uh, it can be really tempting, especially in this industry. And I come from a community background and especially in the community management area. It's very easy to work for free. It's very easy to work for experience. Uh, and I know there the temptation to get their foot in the door is strong, but that is like one of the biggest mistakes I feel like that can be made is working for free in this industry. Um, I, it's never okay. And if anyone wants to hire you, they have money too. So. Yeah. yeah um, it's not like it's it, one thing, like the way, you know, you put your money where math is for us, uh, all our contractors get paid $40 an hour. And the way we budget around that is that we have a limit on the amount of time that we can like the amount of hours per month that we can offer them so we don't get out of budget and then if the work is not done by then or like there's anything that needs to be picked up then the five of us pick it up instead of like overworking or like making um the contractor work for free or do like free revisions and stuff like that's one of the things that's important for us because we kind of try to figure out like what is the least amount we would be able to work for without being stressed out and like exploited basically what's the least like what's the smallest amount that's not exploitative that we can offer to contractors and still pay and after like pulling our money together and our resources and everything it was $40 an hour so that's what we offer and the kickstarter money um, none of that is going to us like the original goal and the rest of it like the stretch goals that goes to the stretch goals but it's all budgeted so that we can keep paying our contractors $40 an hour until we finish the game basically in that same kind of vein, you unionize your contractors, like, because we can plan as much as we want for, like, we want to treat them like contractors right or, like, give them a fair wage or not make them crunch or anything like that. But ultimately, giving them the power to, like, tell us, hey, this is fucked up. Can I curse? Sorry. No, it's, it's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> is just giving them that power to say, hey, this is fucked up, you shouldn't do this. And giving them the power to like enforce that is like kind of the only way you can guarantee, not guarantee, but do more to ensure you're treating them right. Um, also, what about networking? Because again, this is a highly collaborative, collaborative effort. And um, I know for, for me, I'm really, I wouldn't say hesitant, I guess I can say anxious with reaching out to people, just like sending an email to you all just to do this interview was really just anxious for me. I just had to kind of just do it just to get it over with. But what advice can you give with networking, like reaching out to people, say you don't have a community, say you don't have friends in the industry, in gaming industry, or just in art at all, you have to kind of just go out there blind. Uh, hey, Alex, remember when you emailed Nicole Byer about working on Spirit Swap? <laughs> Nicole Byer, really? <gasps> yeah, for me, it's always been, uh, yeah, I'm the one on the team who's always like, let's just fucking do it. Um, yeah, I kind of like, I just thought that it'd be really cool if Nicole Byer was like the voice of Spirit Swap. And then I started trying to email her, found her agent, and then he told me what it would cost to get a fuck, and basically an a-lister like nicole Byer to be in your game and i was like okay well well you know what we have that so it didn't work out but I, we did get to um her um 
her agent. So that was cool. Uh, the only the the only real piece of advice I have is don't really network, make friends, which I know feels awful. But for me, I can't really net network because then it's just network. Like the concept of networking is I want something from you. You know what I mean? It's a relationship built on you will be useful to me someday. So I'm going to try to be either friendly enough so that you keep me around or also useful to you. So it's like a transaction. And I feel like what people mean when they say, how do I network? It's more like, how do I establish an actual genuine relationship with these people that I would like to work with, which I think should be like the basis of any healthy working relationship. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so my advice is like, try to make like think of it like making friends um, as opposed to like networking and if the person doesn't seem open to like that possibility of being friends or like like you're just being respectful and they put up a boundary then you know don't push just you know just pull back a little and then if you run into them again just say hello uh but uh for when it like when it comes like I'm really happy you reached out to us honestly I was I was happy for it um when it comes to reaching out yeah I'm just like you I'm just like do it like just bite the bullet and just kind of send that email usually people are happy to hear from you like I don't know it's just this is not useful advice it's just it's just not useful advice yeah think of it like making friends and uh when it's time to send that email it's a lot faster to put a timer on like a 30 minute timer and just by the end of that timer, no matter what it is, you've sent the email, worst case scenario, they never answer. And then you can just put it out your mind and just mm. leave it. Yeah, 100%. Like, especially like when it's especially like outreach, like something to do with um, like with like doing an interview or just like that kind of like business stuff. I've learned just shooting your shot is always like just doing it is the way to go. Um, in terms of like building relationships, um, it feels like even the advice to me making friends stresses me out a little bit because I'm like, ah, shoot, I don't know how to make friends, <laughs> which is, it's a feeling, you know, it's a feeling. Um, but I think one thing that helps me oftentimes when I'm seeing someone in the industry and I'm like, oh my gosh, they do some really cool stuff. I'd love to collaborate with them or just like hang out with them or do something. For me, it always helps to have something specific that like either a shared value, a shared experience, um, or maybe a shared event or goal that you can be like, hey, um, I saw that, you know, you're playing uh, among us a lot. And I really love among us. And I also play it too. Like, I'd love to join you sometimes. So having those specific shared like moments or yeah, things. Uh, and I guess that is Alex's thing, like a friendship. That's how you make friends. But for me, it just helps to get really specific of like, here's this one thing that I know we have in common and I'm going to use that right now. Cause it's the only way I know how to start a conversation. And then, um, and then, yeah, of course, if they don't sort of like reciprocate you say okay maybe next time and like stop pushing but yeah finding the specific common grounds i'm in a call with two social media people so i am not gonna have anything to add on that that's fine um well last time i checked spirit swap has surpassed its second goal of ninety thousand dollars and it's like at 120 now almost to the third one of 150 so how does that how does that feel for you all because i know it was supposed to be like a small project but now it's like this huge this huge thing. So how does that feel for you all? It's a lot. So much. It's so much. <laughs> it's 
yeah, money changes everything. And I wish it didn't, but it feels like so freaking much right now. And honestly, I wasn't ready for it. I've said like elsewhere that I was ready to just like sit down and really hunker down and maybe we like hit our goal maybe on the last day with like that last Kickstarter push. Cause you know, usually they do that campaigns, they get funded at the end. And then we hit the goal in 35 hours. And I was like, what do I do now? Do I sleep? <laughs> it's yeah, it's nuts. It's just, we gambled sort of. And I guess the audience is there. People want puzzle games with cute people and they want joy. Like I know the world freaking sucks right now. So I want joyful things where I don't have to like, it doesn't have to have like a hidden like lesson or moral and it doesn't have to be like you know like that joy where like oh this is joyful but it was clearly not made for me it was made for some white guy who likes big titty mommy milkers and very young girls in thongs I guess so it's just kind of navigating that stuff as a marginalized person where like that stuff is fine but like when every joyful experience is catered to exactly one type of player it's so freaking tiring to kind of just find your own little happy spot. So we kind of decided to make that happy spot just for us. And it turned out there's a lot of people trying to like shove themselves in the happy spot with us. That sounds obscene. That's not what I mean. I mean it in like a very nice way. So it's just, it's, it's nice. A lot of people like it and hopefully they like the final game and they don't absolutely hate it. Uh, that would be really nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I saw it on Kickstarter. Um, you all, you may have already reached the first 75,000 at that point, but I just saw it. And then I think I've sent the email out. I'm not sure if I sent it out then. I may have sent it out after, but then I saw Pleasantly Twisted, um, the Twitch streamer, she started playing it, like the demo of it. And I, I was hooked onto it. I think she played for maybe an hour or two. And I was like, okay, I can definitely get into it. Like I was already attracted to it because of the lo-fi beats element of it. And then the animation of it, the characters I really enjoyed. And then it's kind of like one of those games you can get lost into, but it's not like, um, I mean, it's a puzzle game, but it's not totally difficult with it. And like I said, you can get lost into it and I really enjoy it. Like it's, when you get home from work, you don't want to be bothered with other things or anything that's really difficult. It's just one of those things that you can just do. And like I said, you can get lost into it and there's music playing to it, which is really nice. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I asked how you all feel about reaching your goals this quickly like this, because as artists, we expect criticism or a little to no attention to our work mostly so how does it all, how does it feel to receive this praise for the work that you've done and your contributions to it? You know, how do you will yourself to accept it? Whereas before we don't, you know, like usually we don't, you know, or it's really difficult for us to do that. I don't know. It's not that difficult. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I still to this day, am just expecting some sort of backlash. If that makes any sense yeah i'm expecting some angry people to come at us i'm expecting someone to be like this sucks but we've not seen it i don't know it it's like the game repels the people who wouldn't like it if that makes any sense and we've only seen like honestly and it's nuts for me because i've like i've been on the internet for a while like 
I, I've seen like hashtag your slip is showing back when like the 4chan ops happened. I've seen like hashtag Gamergate, all of that crap. I've seen all the harassment and I'm just like, I was waiting. Like I was ready for some shit to go down, some people to be angry and for us to like basically spend this month or like even up to release just kind of like fighting the trolls and knock on wood, none of it happened. It's been just validation and it feels honestly incredible a part of me still you know you know when you've like you you're as you said you're an artist and you're used to criticism you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop like a part of me is still waiting for that other shoe to hit me smack in the face but it hasn't come yet I don't know I'm just I'm just gonna try to enjoy it like I'm a Virgo so I could be like overly analytical and critical and just I try to like be hyper prepared but I wasn't prepared for this it's it's nice also pleasantly twisted Vanessa is awesome and I love her and yeah I'm I love glad her. you watch her show yeah I don't know if Morgie you have I think you were going to add something earlier but I don't know if that thought is gone it's gone okay <laughs> head empty um yeah I mean what Alex said I think I'm in the similar boat I haven't been online as as long as Alex like especially public facing online as long as Alex but uh I was in the same boat where I've had I have seen <laughs> I've seen things and I have experienced things on the internet that are not good and I did spend the whole like probably about two or three months prior to the Kickstarter, just like, like even with our Discord, just like we have game plans, we have plan Bs, we have ways to lock down our Discord. We were, you know, and not to say that's never going to happen, but, you know, we were anticipating with the attention that the Kickstarter would bring, this would be the time, like 100% that something was going to happen and we were all ready for it. Um, so yeah, mostly just mimicking what Alex said. I am really, really excited and happy and it doesn't feel quite real yet. Like my brain, I don't think my brain has registered it. Like it's on the surface level, but it hasn't actually absorbed. So I'm just like, yeah, the Kickstarter is doing great. Not understanding what it means, um, but it's and, really exciting. Until I see the amount in a bank account, yeah. I am not going <laughs> to trust it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the reaction and like the validation from the community has been really, really wonderful. Like I have not ever been a part of a game where I've seen fan art. So immediately crop up, like people immediately started drawing the characters, drawing themselves as characters in the game. Um, people immediately started like doing co like casual cosplays and making hats and like doing all of this stuff. So seeing all of that happen has been sort of the most real and most like joyful part for for I think all of us probably um so my last question is what is your idea of success and I ask that because if you're not making money or you have regular paychecks like a full-time job um you're not successful that's what we've all been conditioned into thinking as artists um and they just put it on the back burner or they give it up altogether and they're hesitant or doubtful in pursuing this type of career path because it's highly competitive and it's highly intimidating even for a lot of us. So, I mean, someone can look at this Kickstarter and be like, oh, they almost to their third goal in such a sh short amount of time. Like this is successful, quote unquote successful. So what, what is your idea of success in this field that you all are working in. It may not be with this game, it may be with something else or some, you know, not even a different project, maybe something else in your life. 
Um, for me, uh, like, of course, money to live, like, that's, that's kind of an essential, but I feel successful mm-hmm. when I know I'm creating things that are aligned to my own values with people who have the same values as me. Um, I, before being in, in um, games, I was an educator and like, I've noticed through every sort of project I've been on, every field I've been in, the moment I start to feel unsuccessful and unhappy is when I know that those values, like there is a mismatch between what like I strive to put out in the world and what, you know, my coworkers do. And so like right now, like money aside, I'm personally feeling quite successful because I think like with Soft Not Weak, we do have a group who has values aligned and I feel excited to create. And I think for me, that is like the most component, most important component of success to me um, is that of course, we live in a capitalistic society. Money is needed to live. I would love to earn the money to like live, but um, I think I'm just also the kind of person who's a little bit more motivated by like the sense of that sense of purpose more than money, much to the dismay of my partner. <laughs> no, he's fine with it. <laughs> but. Yeah, for me, true success in this industry is making it to the next game, which is a sad thing to say, but most indie uh, studios make their first game if they ship it. And most of the time they ship it, but that's it. If it doesn't make back enough money, then it's over. So for me, it's how to make our, um, our business sustainable so we can keep working together and keep employing people who uh, look like us from like um, our communities and keep growing and growing with an actual community. My big dream, if you go beyond success, would be like to actually have a community space like in the real world where we can give back. When by give back, I mean like teach people who want to learn how to make games, like uh, to make games, like have like access, because again, the tools to make games can be very expensive. Um, just have access to that, just give like kids and like teenagers or like up and coming like creators uh, access to those tools and those resources that we wish we had. Um, like I come again, I come from Lebanon, um, which is technically a third world country. Like that's how it's labeled, it's very poor. Um, so we didn't, I didn't really have access to a lot of that stuff. And um, now that I do, a measure of success for me is honestly just passing the baton and just keeping keeping the lights on for Soft Not Week and that's it. I just wanna be able to pay like our friends to be able to work on the things they wanna work on. Like I wanna be able to pay like Jenna and Momo and every, like Benny and everyone just something they can live on so they don't have to worry about making enough money to live on and they can make the things they want to make okay um is there anything else any of you wanted to give advice on any insight on um just anything in general or anything else about the game that i didn't ask about or maybe you wanted to add on to no Check out Spirit Swap. <laughs> That's it. No, I was like, our Twitter is at Soft Not Week. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you covered everything. Yeah, you can give out your socials, whatever you feel comfortable with. That's fine with me. Or anything about the designs of the game, any mechanics, or because it doesn't come out for another year, from what I believe, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long while. 
there is a demo. So if anyone likes like match three stuff, please try the demo. Uh, basically, the game is a cursor based match three. So you move the cursor with the D pad and then you uh, you like you confirm like what two pieces you want to match. And it's more cerebral than like uh, the swipe to match uh, ones that you usually have on um, your phone just because you can move pieces without them matching so you can set up like bigger combos and like you can take your time like the chill lo-fi vibe is like a big part of it but it can also get like with the two player versus because um you can play up to eight players locally um with your friends if you want to in like our battle royale party mode which we call big mode um it's uh it's honestly it's a fun game there's a lot to it it's very girly on purpose it's very colorful on purpose it's very like fairy-like and joyful. And uh, I think if like you're into any of that, you should check it out. Uh, I think when it comes to designing video games, the most important thing for me is to design something I wanna play. Especially if you're indie, like if you're working for like a corporate studio to play studio and you gotta design some garbage you don't wanna play, that's fine, we all gotta make a living. But if you're gonna go out of your way to be indie, design something that makes you happy, that you want to play, that you feel like putting out into the world, um, as opposed to like chasing trends. And I think because the industry is so fickle, uh, you really, it's really hard to know exactly what's going to hit. So it might as well hit for you. Um, that's like my, my entire deal, I think. Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, if um, no one else has any other thing they want to put it, um, I, again, I just want to thank you all for, you know, having this interview with me. Um, thank you all for joining me. I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdroid Podcast. Thank you. Thanks again to Alex, Jenny, and Morgan from Soft Night Week LLC for discussing Spirit Swap, Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2, currently on Kickstarter with me. By the time this episode has aired, the Kickstarter campaign will have long since surpassed its $100,000 stretch goal, Thanks to all of its supporters, including me. A link to the campaign is provided as well as their various social medias. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm.